him to bless us this evening, that we would be transformed by your spirit to look like, act like, be more like Jesus. And it's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. My man. I missed him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. You know, it's great to see him tonight. Great to see you guys here tonight. And as was already said, I am from the States. I'm from a place called the Big Apple. Anybody ever heard of it? New York City. Yeah, that's where I'm from. I came to this country in 1976, January of 1976. And in February of 1977, I met this wonderful lady right back here, sitting down. February 1977, we were married in December 1978. So we just had a celebration of our 44th wedding anniversary, and it's just been good. Yeah, it's been delightful, you know what I'm saying? Uh, So it's been good. And I'm glad to be here to have this opportunity to share with you. I had something that I had put together to share. And as we were in this time of worship, God said, no, we're not going to do that. And that uh, kind of uh, put me on edge for a minute. Uh, I don't like it when he does that. I I like to know what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. But God said, we're going to do something else tonight. Uh, I want to encourage you, Sister Susie, that you're working in a place that can also at times seem seems like it's hard as rock. You're, you're working in an environment where you seem like you bash the mallet over and over and nothing seems to be produced. But God wants to encourage you tonight. You are producing gems. You are mining gems. Those gems will be used for the building of the kingdom of God. You are bringing out of the rock diamonds, sapphires, rubies, pearl. You're bringing stuff out of rock that's going to bring glory and honor to God. Don't worry about it. How hard it may seem because it's going to be a blessing as you stand at the gates of eternity and all of those gems walk by you and you'll say these are they which have come out of WCCYM and they're here to give you glory, Father. Amen. Yeah, that's coming your way. That's coming for you. So I want to encourage you to, tonight. I was going to talk to you about hope. And I know we. this is supposed to be about prayer and everything. I was going to talk to you about hope and how hope is connective. And it forms a connectivity between God and the stuff that he speaks to you and faith, the ability to make it happen. Hope is a connectivity thing that makes that kind of thing happen. You, God speaks to you in your intimate times and he talks to you about how good he is and what he can do and then you build a hope in your heart that things can change how many of you hear what i'm saying that god wants to put a hope in your heart that things can change oh i'm going to say that again because some of you aren't quite getting it god wants to put hope in your heart that things can change and if he puts hope in your heart that things can change he'll give you faith to do something about it are you hearing me are you hearing what i'm saying to you Ah, boy, I'm sorry I'm going to have to get loud because that's just the way I am because he set me free. You see, 36 years ago, I was a drug addict. I was addicted to so many different things. I had multiple addictions, but 36 years ago, Jesus stepped into my life. He broke the chains that held me, and he gave me a new life in himself. So I don't care if you get mad if I get loud. I have a reason to be happy. I have a reason to be full of joy. He set me free. Oh, I'm going to calm down, yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk to you tonight about something that's very near and dear to my heart. I was going to talk to you about that hope, but I'll talk to you about the Lord's Prayer because it's important, because it has directly to do with prayer, 
the remit that I was given. And I want to encourage you. Because through prayer, God can do extraordinary things. Yeah. And see, I'm a, I'm a result here of prayer. And 36 years ago, my wife and I were going to be divorced. And she talked to my mother and told her, I ain't going to divorce Vince. I'm done. He's just irreparable. Things are going crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother said, don't worry. I'm going to pray. Within a few weeks of that conversation, my wife became a believer. And I don't know if you believe this or not, but she was filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know how y'all believe, but she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then they began to pray for me. And I remember distinctly this particular night as uh, I came home and realized that she was a different person. I created an argument and I slammed the door and I ran out of the house headed back to REF Greenham Common. And you know what I said to her, my last words that I said to her? You need a Christian husband. Yeah, God heard that. <laughs> yeah, he said, I know she does. And I got a plan for you. Prayer is extraordinary. See, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, it starts out like this. Our Father. And I think all of us know what the Lord's Prayer is all about. And it says, Our Father. See, see immediately God wants you to know you have a place near him. You're not some distant person. When you come to him, you're talking to your father. So he wants you to understand when you come to him, it's from the context of a child talking to their father. Uh, you're not talking to some distant, high up God that's away from you that doesn't want nothing to do with you or just wants you to come and bow at his knees all the time. No, he's saying when you come to me, come in the context that you are my child and I love you. And when you ask me anything, know that it's going to work out, especially if it's according to my will, because you're my child. You're his child. Yeah, he, he knows you. You know, I don't know about the fathers that are here, but my wife, she knows me. We have two daughters. We have a daughter that's 43, and I know, I know, and I, I know I don't look that old, but <laughs> I know, I know y'all saying, how could he ever? daughter that old but it's a fact it's factual i'm 40 i'm, I'm not 43 but uh, as a matter of fact in a couple of weeks next saturday i'll be 66 i know it's impossible but it's true but i know my children i know them intimately and i can tell you their personality i can tell you what they would say on certain things i can tell you their likes and their dislikes but god even knows you more intimately than that and so when you come to him, he doesn't want you to come to him as somebody approaching someone who doesn't know you. Uh, you know, we can't hide anything from God because he's our father. And when we come to you, come to him, he wants us to understand that you're his and he is yours. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Gray haired ladies. Watch out for gray-haired ladies. <laughs> because when they pray for you, they have a secret in to God. <laughs> you can't run. See, I know what I'm talking about because this gray-haired old lady prayed for me. I went to this, my wife took me to a home group, and I hadn't known Jesus for, I hadn't known him yet. I hadn't, bro, it's been a, 
I hadn't known him. I didn't know him. And she took me to this prayer thing, this house group thing. And uh, I'm sitting with this lady and this old gray-haired lady gets up and she starts binding stuff over my life. I was as high as anything. So I was freaking out because this lady came in there and she went, in the name of Jesus, I break that thing over your life. Not you, but that was me. You and me. You and me. And that lady was right. See, I don't, what I'm trying to get you to understand is because God is your father, you shouldn't be able to pray for any person, any situation at any time because he's your father and he's watching. It goes on to say, our father who art in heaven. That's a good one right there, sister. Because you see, uh, he's not distant from you when we talk about space. We talk about a God who is in heaven, but he's not distant from you. Because the Bible tells me in Ephesians 2 that he has raised us up and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want to show you something. Come here, me. Come here for a second. Sit there, me. See. This is Christ, and that is you seated. At the right hand of the Father. Come here, Father. Stand right there. See, by faith, when we pray, we're not praying to God who is distant. We're praying to a God who we're seated right next. Oh, come on, somebody. We're seated right next to him. And when we pray, we have the ability to touch him. By raising my left hand, I can touch the Father because I am seated at the right hand of God. By faith, I can reach up and I can, you may not feel him, but I tell you what, if you give him praise long enough, if you sit there long enough, you will feel him. Glory be to God. You, you can, you, me, you can have a seat. Thanks, bro. But that's what it's all about. He wants us to understand he's not distant from you. When you pray, believe and know that you're seated next to your heavenly father. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's good right there. That's a powerful statement for something to be hallowed. He's talking about how we reverence him. See, don't get it twisted. He's our father. He's close to us but he's not to be played with. Say that again. He's our father. He's close to us, but he's not to be played with. We reverence him because he's almighty God. And his name is hallowed. Be thy name. You know, the Bible tells us, and I can't remember the, the chapter, it says he, he, we, his name is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I don't care if it's above the earth, if it's in the earth or it's under the earth. See, that speaks of three levels in your life. How many of you know that you are three part being? Your spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. 
And God just doesn't want, see, he wants his name to be Lord right through your life. But he has to be Lord first in a specific place in your life that's in your spirit. Remember the, the, in the Gospels it says, we, whoever loved me, we will come and we will make our abode or our home with them. He's not talking about coming and living in your flesh, nor living in, he's living in your spirit. And it is your spirit that directs your soul, your flesh, and your spirit, your soul, which is under the direction of your spirit that directs your body. It's okay. You saved me. We ain't going to have no problems tonight. <laughs> it's a three-part thing. In his name, he wants to be, he wants to have you so in him that in your spirit that everything else in your life is in order. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? See, because we can come to church and we can act good. Then we go home. And on your way home, somebody crosses you with their car, you know, cuts you up. And boy, I tell you what, something happens with your Christianity. I know y'all, you hear what I'm saying, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it comes out in all kinds of different languages. I'll leave that alone. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth. I always thought that if God didn't believe his kingdom could be manifested on earth, he wouldn't ask you to pray for it. I always, I always believe that if the things that take place in heaven could not take place down here, he would have not have asked you to pray for it. He's asked you to pray for it because he wants to manifest it. Mm. Many years ago when I was born, I was born crippled. And, my, and the doctors told my mother he would never be able to walk. If he were able to walk, he would have to use a Zimmer frame or crutches or something to that to, to be able to get around, to be mobile. My mother said to the doctor, thank you very much. She was very polite. My mom's very polite, but you get on the wrong side, she, she'll tear you up. She's an old southern lady from South Carolina. I remember when I first, I used to dye my beard, and I first let my beard grow out and on, what is it, Facebook chat with her. My mom's now 90 years old, but she said to me, boy, you look like you're 75 years old. <laughs> I said, thank you, Mom. <laughs> but you see, now what was I talking about? I forgot now. <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, me. See, I knew if I had a me, <laughs> another me, that me would help me. <laughs> and they told my mom that he would never walk. But I think you can see their prognosis was dodgy, to say the least, because the king said something else. My kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, as it is in heaven. I often say this, that we chase after things here on earth, looking to find, looking to have, and yet in heaven, 
it's not going to be important to us. The Bible says this, the roads are paved with gold. And we spend our life's time chasing after the stuff that we're going to walk on in heaven. Why? Get rid of that stuff. The only thing that's important for you and me as a believer is to see the manifestation of his kingdom on earth as it is. In Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We need to see that. <laughs> the kingdom come, that's what it says, on earth as it is. <laughs> Give us this day. Is that the next one? Is that right? Give it, some of y'all help me. Am I right there? Don't be timid. You are right. Thank you, sister. Come on. Yeah. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day. You know, we, 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 we're so worried about what's coming down the road and are we going to be able to last? Are we going to make it into the future? You know, Jeremiah 29, he says, uh, he's going to give us a future and a hope. In Matthew 6, he tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. He doesn't want you worrying about too much what's coming. He wants to worry, wants you to be concerned with where you are right now. See, because where you are right now is the opportunity to make a difference where you are. By bringing the kingdom where you are right now. Give us this day our daily bread. The, you know, one of the things that, uh, I, I like bread. I don't know about you, but I love bread. Yes. Before the pandemic, I went to Angel's house for lunch. And boy, he broke out some bread. <laughs> And this meat, and I tell you what, I tell you what, uh, I got home and my wife said, aren't you hungry? I said, no. No, I have been sustained by the presence of the Lord. <laughs> he has given me everything that I needed today. <laughs> Bread from Adrian's house. It's good too, brother. <laughs> give us this day our bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. You see, sometimes we think, uh, can I say this to you? Can I say this and can I, uh, can I say it guardedly? That there's sometimes, this is, this is why our hearts and our minds have to stay focused on God. Because the enemy will try to use something God is doing to make it feel like something he wouldn't do. Uh, let me say it again differently. Sometimes when God is doing something in your life, the enemy will say, that shouldn't be happening to you. It should be happening this way. This, in, the, uh, in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel, there was this lady who, who, was, who was barren. The Bible says that uh, God had, uh, y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Hannah. God had... Um, Sealed that had locked up her womb, had stopped her from being able to bear children. And I have this message that I used to preach called, what do you do when, what do you do with painful worship? When it seems like the one who loves you is causing the problem for you. And see, the enemy will make it seem like God has forgotten you and allowing this to happen. He's, don't be led into, listen, 
The enemy will use it to try to make you leave or walk away from God. Lead us not into temptation, the text says. But the thing is this. Always remember this. Whatever God does in your life, it is for a greater cause. Yeah. I know I, I, know I messed you up with that, but let me help you. See, Hannah birthed Samuel. Right? It was coming the end of an era in church history. The end of the judges and the beginning of the kings. Come on. See, there has to come a time when the king takes over from you. <laughs> and there has to be a time when the king starts to give the commands. And sometimes in order for that to happen, he has to take us through difficult times so that we rely on him and nobody else. I don't need a judge. I have a king. I don't need somebody to help me. I have the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He will help me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, lead us not into temptation. But how does it go? Come on, help me out. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil. Ah, deliver us for evil. Mm -hmm. See, if the enemy would have known, he would not mess with you any longer in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because there's a caveat in the text. In Romans 8, it says, all things work together for good. To them who are love, God, love God and are called according to his purpose. So whatever the enemy tries, you don't fight because the battle is already won. I, I don't know who it was, but somebody ought to be screaming right now because you've been trying to fight. You've been trying to beat your way out of the situation you're in right now. And God is trying to say to you, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. I'm going to make it happen if you stop fighting it. Let me fight. Are you hearing me? Quiet. Quiet, folks. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. And ever. And like my man who preached that message online, and forevermore, it's over. He's in control. So when you pray, remember, he's your father. There's a text in James, because some of you may be struggling with the context of prayer or how you pray. There's a text in James, one of the most powerful prophets that ever that Israel ever had. The text says, Elijah was a man just like us. He was a man with passions that we have. Yet he prayed and the heavens were shut. And he prayed again and the heavens were open. How many of you know that the UK and my home country right now are in need of an open heaven? With all the stuff that we see happening in our nations, we need God to open up his heaven and pour out his spirit on us like it's never been done before. We need God to, for lack of a better thing, we do need revival. 
We need the pouring out of his spirit in us so we would have the confidence to stand and proclaim the goodness of our God. That we would have the confidence to go even against our feelings and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? God wants to do that. Hey, I want to pray for some of you right now. Uh, I believe God wants to bring about change in your life. And if by chance that you were challenged by what was said, if by chance that you want more than what you have, if, if there's by chance that your, your relationship with God, you just want more of him. Uh, yeah, I'm not here to do any magic, but I'm simply here to call upon the name of the Lord, our Savior, that he would do something phenomenal in your lives. If that's you, I want you to stand where you are. Stand where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't wait for anybody else to stand. You stand where you are. Because mm -hmm. God wants to do something extraordinary in this place tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I pray for everyone of standing here tonight. And I pray, God, that by power of your spirit, you would touch them. Do something phenomenal in them, God, that they've never experienced before, right down to the depths of their spirit, Father. We thank you that you are the Christ, Son of God, all-powerful, enabling, able to do extreme great things we ask that you would do it in these brothers and sisters tonight uh, my dear brother look you, you have a desire that goes beyond what you see right now inside of you what's inside of you is bigger than what you see outside of you and, and God's saying he's going to continually filling you up until it flows you, you know the expression, my cup runneth over. Your cup is about to run over. To flow out of you into what God has put in you, he's going to flow it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy cried and true and with thanksgiving I'll be a Sanctuary for you, Lord, prepare me. If you know it, sing it. To be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true 
Now go ahead and give God some praise in this house right now. Come on. Come on. Amazing. Thank you so much, Vince. Um, we're going we're gonna to keep on praying. Um, and the band's going to come up and we're going to um, maybe worship a little bit. But I, I thank you uh, so much, Vince, for just reminding us <laughs> of the simplicity of what God is asking of us yet the depth of what he's asking of us. And so I don't, I don't think God's done with us tonight. I think, again, he's been speaking, um, and we're going to keep on kind of waiting on him. We're just going to pray for a little bit longer. Uh, maybe if God gives you something, maybe he gives you a word or he gives you a picture that you want to share. Um, maybe he's put something on your heart for somebody else. Maybe there's that scary moment right now where you're just like, oh, as Vince was praying, I totally had a picture, and I, and I know who, exactly who it's for, but that means you have to get up and go share it with that person. It's all good. Go. If God is leading, God is calling, go. As we wait on him, what might God be saying to you? What might he be encouraging you in? What might he be stretching you in? God, we thank you that you're speaking, that you're here, that you're present. But Lord, we just pray that you would increase in us an awareness of your presence right now. Increase in us an awareness of your presence, Lord. Because <laughs> Lord, we love you. We praise you. We truly want to give our whole lives, our everything for you, God. We know that we can't do it without you. So, Lord, just increase our awareness of your presence. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one. 